Welcome to Round Hill Radio, the podcast from Round Hill Community Church. Through our conversations, we discover the holy and the ordinary, find moments of grace and peace, and redefine what we're talking about when we talk about faith. Welcome to Round Hill Radio. I'm Leslie. I'm Ed. Hi, Ed. Welcome back. Thank you. Got a little rest there, and so I'm glad to be back in action. Yeah, we we were so organized and ahead of ourselves that our podcast listeners haven't missed a beat because uh, we Amazing. recorded a little bit ahead. So that was fun. So, but it's good to see you again and get chatting back on here. So today I believe we're talking about prayer, which prayer. is a big topic. Huge. Huge. So how are we focusing in on that today? We, um, we could go in so many different directions because as you say, this is huge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought because uh, we've been spending some time as a staff and also as a congregation thinking about a prayer that relates specifically to Round Hill Community Church. Mm-hmm. But I think that people who are listening to this series will be able to identify this from their own context and perspectives. Um, we happen to have a prayer in the tradition of our church called the Round Hill Community Church Prayer. And uh, the congregation has been using it, I think, since its birth, since since the inception of the congregation around 40 years ago. So it's very important to us. And um, my thought about this is that it it uh, occurred to me that we, since we pray that prayer every single Sunday, um, it's actually always in conversation with all the other things we do that could be called prayers, right? We also say the Lord's Prayer every single Sunday. And we have an opening prayer every single Sunday, which is always different, right, from Sunday to Sunday. Sometimes we have moments of silence. Uh, We engage the congregation at times and ask them to name, you know, individuals or prayer concerns that they have. So I guess I just started thinking about this, Leslie, in terms of the vastness of this topic and thought about all of the different ways in which we are praying as a congregation all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to open up meetings or, you know, when we could meet face to face or sit next to people at their bedsides in hospitals, those are all times when we pray as well. So I think every time we pray, we are opening ourselves to mystery, mm-hmm. the mystery of what God is and who God is to us and with us in our lives. So it's a really important topic for people of faith, right? It's the way that we connect ourselves in communion with God, but it also has a way of of connecting us with one another. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think when I think of prayer, I think of it as a very like personal thing. Yes. So what value do we find between having our personal prayers, what I think of as that, and then having these like, is it, what do you, would you call it like a corporal prayer or a community mm-hmm. prayer? These yep. things where we pray together, how does, how do those two complement mm. each other? Yeah, that's a wonderful question. Uh, it is interesting that every time we gather for worship, we're bringing together the personal and the collective, right? And I know that there's a, there's a really neat thing that happens for a lot of people during those collective prayers. I, I know people who, when the when they're 
congregations are praying the Lord's Prayer. They're praying, but they're also listening to mm. the sound of all the other voices, you know, and it's wonderful to have that unifying sense that we're all doing this together. And mm. we know that in that case, that's a prayer that's being shared whenever people worship right across the world, right? So that's really important. The personal prayers, uh, those are those do reflect who we are and our own individual style of prayer. And, you know, we talk about styles of clothing and styles of wearing our hair. But uh, years ago, I came across a wonderful theologian named Martin Thornton, who lived in Great Britain. He said, so why don't we talk about styles of prayer? Because people have very different ways of approaching their lives emotionally and physically and spiritually. So he said, how can we expect all you know, people to pray the same way. It doesn't work that way. So one of the things I, I think about in terms of a personal style of spirituality is to add, my dream would be that each of us would ask, what is the way that we can pray? What is the way that we would like to pray? Not according to somebody else's vision or understanding, but what is the unique thing coming out of us that reaches out to the transcendent. That's the wonderful thing. And I just, I remember this woman saying years ago, I met her, she was from Ireland. She said, I need to be next to my prayer tree. And she had this beautiful tree in her backyard out in rural Ireland. And she said, that's where I have to go when I pray. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's first thing in the morning. It's before anybody else is up. They've got a cup of coffee. They're sitting at the table. They're alone with their thoughts. Um, you know, for some people, it's 20 minutes of wordless meditation in the middle of the day. Mm. And in each of these cases, I think if we could speak with those individuals, they would say, I feel so much more grounded after I'm, I've done that, you know, that form of prayer. Then when we come together, then we have that more collective feeling and we're unified in that, but it's a beautiful rhythm when it's working well, the individual prayers and the more collective prayers. Yeah. Would you consider, because I know we use the term self-care yeah. um, in, in a lot of different ways, but mm -hmm. would you can, how would you consider prayer as a form of self-care? Well, I, I think that's another fantastic question because it, I think it is a form of self-care. Now we would also say it's a form of reaching beyond the self mm. that when we're praying, we're actually opening ourselves up, right? To a mystery and to a form of love that we can't control or measure, but which we believe in our hearts is part of the truth of the universe to be able to make this connection. So, um, you know, I, I think that I'm trying to think about how to uh, how best to respond to this. My sense is that it becomes prayer becomes a form of self care mm -hmm. because, in a way, it releases us from so many of the preoccupations that we have about ourselves that maybe aren't necessarily great. Mm -hmm. And it puts us in a much bigger frame of mind. It's what some people call getting the balcony view of life. So we get out of the, we get out of the cheap seats, <laughs> get, a, get the 360 degree picture. Um, but I, I want to answer this in just a slightly different kind of way. I've been working with uh, two individuals who who comprise an organization called Racial Resilience. And these two wonderful young men um, go all around the country working with all kinds of groups and organizations to help to help these organizations 
to become more sensitive to racial disparity and racial injustice, and then to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And they said that when they're working with people, the first thing, their first question they get is, well, so what can we do about this? Mm-hmm. And their answer is always the same. Don't do anything until you're grounded. Mm-hmm. And ground yourself in a form of spirituality that then helps you to become more compassionate. I think that's a form of self-care because rather than rushing out to do something, you know, which is in it, especially with something that, that could be as complicated and challenging as racial injustice, we want to make sure that we have a great, solid spiritual foundation before we do that. And this is a very key part of their work. They're the first organization I've come across that makes that clear statement. They say they won't help people do anything until they first figure out how they're really grounded. And I think that's a form of, of self-care. That's amazing. So for someone who has had zero prayer as part of their daily, weekly practice or their life or their routine, yeah. where would you recommend they start? How do you, how do you, how do you dip your toe in? How <laughs> well, do you find gonna... your style? You were talking about that. How do you find your style? You've never done so... this before at all. <laughs> Yeah, right. You're you're brand new to it. Well, first of all, I would want to say that's a great spot to be in. It's exciting. <laughs> great spot because right, everything is possible, and you're not trying to fit yourself into a particular slot or form or template. So uh, I just want to tell this a little story, which you will love because as a musician, I think you'll you'll appreciate this, right? So when in answering that question for someone, of course, the first thing we would want to do is to say so. What are the things you do in life that make you feel like you are drawn into a greater sense of connection with the universe and the world around you, right? Mm -hmm. That could be art, that could be music, that could be silence, right? We haven't said anything about praying in the traditional ways. Those could all be options. And there's a story that still circulates around Union Theological Seminary about a man who used to teach there many years ago named Paul Tillich. And Paul Tillich was considered a theological giant in the 1950s and 60s in this country. And he taught at Union. He had left Germany as a result of the rise of Adolf Hitler and escaped in time to be able to come here with his family. And he had a group of students at his home one night and uh, they asked him your question. They said, so if we're just starting off, you know, we want to think about prayer um, and, and how we connect with God. How do we do that? Now, this guy had written tons of books, right? He was always giving lectures and talks. He didn't say a thing. He went over to his record player. He put on the mass in B minor, Johann Sebastian Bach, and he just played that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? Does that not... Does that not speak to your heart? Very much so. It speaks to my soul. (laughs) I thought that was such a fantastic story. And I think that was his way of saying... If this touches you, then you know you're on your way to finding your style. Mm. And I had another, some something, an experience somewhat like that years later where I was part of a class and a workshop and this woman was giving, uh, she was an artist and she was asking us to work only with color in terms of our experience of prayer. She said, what color is your prayer? Now that's a bit of a mind bender, but you know, for the people in that workshop, that made perfect sense. And she said, you know, if you're finding the colors of your prayers, Mm -hmm. now you're starting to find your style. 
I just remember there was one woman there that day. She said, I have to be drawing while I pray. Yeah. So I think that the way to do this is to find out what are the things that make you come alive? What are the things that give you joy mm-hmm. or that fill you with peace and start there? Maybe gently add words as you go on, if that's what you know you feel compelled to do. But those are some ways to start. And uh, I think that's that's one one place to begin would be what are the things where you already feel a sense of energy and go there first. I love that. I mean, I think we we talk about hymns a lot as being a source of inspiration and a way to find language when maybe yes. you don't have the language to give at that moment. If it's a, a great moment or maybe a tough moment, um, that hymns are, are a wonderful place to to find that language. They're sort of little little sung prayers under themselves, I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think people relate to you, Leslie, in terms of, I mean, in terms of your role as our director of music, you're giving us many pathways to prayer. Those could be through the work that you're doing at the organ that's not accompanied by, you know, a vocalist, but someone, but but it's simply what you're, it's, it's the colors of those sounds. And people relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that this just really requires a little bit of imaginative play on our part, right? To, to open ourselves in that way. Yeah, the fun of it, right? Right, yeah. I think that's what it's designed to do is to be a sense of what, what people, sometimes people call godly play. Uh, that's fun. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I love that phrase. That's great. It's, it's funny you mentioned color for organ because that's how I um, explain to people how the stops work. Uh, it's like mixing colors. Um, that's oh, a, a favorite explanation I use a lot because people so oh, kind of go, okay, that kind of makes sense a little bit. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> well, I've got, I just have to tell you this one other story because this is a story about prayer reaching out across the miles. And it also has to do with music. So I, for a long time, I had a wonderful friend in Scotland whose name was Hamish Purvis. And Hamish was an organist on the side. He was actually a full-time corporate lawyer, but he loved to play the organ. Mm -hmm. And so when I had moved to the United States uh, and I had told him that I was going to be installed as the pastor of a congregational church in New Hampshire, and he wasn't well physically at the time. So he said, I wish I could come and be there and I can't, but he said, I will be in my local church playing the organ at the same time when you are installed as the pastor, and that's going to be my prayer for you reaching across the miles, the musical notes of the organ inspired by his best wishes. I love that. How's that? so nice. Sending the sounds to the heavens. Isn't that it? That's great. I love that so much. Yeah. So this week, speaking of music and speaking of prayer, this week in our virtual service, we're having a a uh, music Sunday, so to speak. Yes. Um, obviously, it looks very different from our traditional music Sundays. Right. Um, but still, I think I'm excited about the music we've selected for it. And this Sunday in our church prayer, mm-hmm. we're looking at the text, make me an instrument in thy hands for good. For good. So we're doing peace language and mm-hmm. uh, justice songs and all sorts of great stuff. 
um, just really excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun one. So if you guys want to pop on, you can find us. If you're watching on YouTube, you can find us the the all the services just here on our channel. Nice and easy for you. They go live at I think I think I said it for like 6 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you're an early bird, you can catch us there. <laughs> if, you're, if you're saying you're gathering prayers for yourself at six, just there direct you yourself over to the to direct the service over there we've got some we'll have some beautiful music some wonderful reflections by you and uh reverend dan haug that's going to be a nice sunday yeah. um as you're thinking about that service coming together are there any closing thoughts for us today that can lead us towards sunday i love the phrase that we're working with you know make each one of us an instrument in my hands for good and i i'm really struck by i think we're kind of coming full circle back to our initial question is that make each one of us means that you know each of us has a unique relationship with god however all of us have a collective relationship with god so we are you know, it, it respects our personal individuality and it also respects together that the fact that we are most powerful when we come together as a force for good, uh, when we're really, you know, unifying our hearts and minds in one direction. So that's a little of what we'll talk about this uh, coming Sunday. That's great. Well, I'll see you, see you there, air quotes. <laughs> yes, indeed. And thank you all so much for joining us today. Thank you, Leslie, and blessings to all. Thanks for listening. Roundhill Radio is brought to you by the friends and members of Roundhill Community Church. For more information, please visit roundhillcommunitychurch.org.